Hi everyone, Tows here. I've got a couple quick messages before we get into today's episode. Firstly, this is the first episode of two where we're reviewing the Arsenal squad as it currently stands. When we first recorded this, we were planning to release it as one big episode, but then we realised after recording that it's just too long to go out all at once. So in the interests of keeping it listenable for you, and ensuring that I can edit it without my laptop melting, we've split it across two episodes. In this first part, we'll be talking about the goalkeepers and the defence. Part two, which will be out on Monday, we'll be talking about the midfield and the forwards. I'm sorry about the delay between episodes for those of you listening at release, but for those of you listening in the future, both episodes are out, so you can just listen back to back and get the same mammoth potshot experience I'm sure you were hoping for. Secondly, our friends over at Scouted have just started a crowdfunding campaign for the first edition of their new book. We think they do great work, so we thought we'd give them a quick shout-out while they're raising money. Stephen from Scouted has sent us a short message to tell you all about it. After this, we'll get straight into the show as normal. So, over to Stephen. Hello, Podshot crew. It's Stephen from Scouted Football. Seb and the Alexes have been extremely kind to give me a slot on their show to let you all know about the big crowdfunding campaign we've got going over at Scouted as we relaunch our print magazine. We've got heaps of things planned for it, with profiles on some of our favourite up-and-coming youngsters, including Rasmus Hoyland, Ivan Fresneda, Gabri Vega and Alex Scott, as well as features on a wide range of interesting topics and a beautiful cover graced by Enzo Fernandez. Understandably, if you don't want to buy a magazine with a Chelsea player on the front, we've also got you sorted with an Argentina-themed hardcover edition as well. For more information, there'll be a link to our Kickstarter campaign as well as our Twitter in the podcast description. But be quick, the campaign will end on July 5. Hello and welcome to Potshot. This is our squad review. Season review pod part two, or you can think of it as the first pre-season pod about transfers. I don't care, you decide in your own brain. I'm Alex Towles, I'm joined by Seb and by Alex. Alex, why were you on Twitter when you should have been doing work this afternoon? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's funny because I even said on my account that if anyone sees me, they should mass report me. Yeah, I have a terrible habit of the more deadline pressure I'm under, which I have for a thesis chapter, the worse my procrastination gets. So I spent a lot of time on Twitter today, as I think people will be able to track back compared to my normal my normal usage. It's not a great way that would work. Uh, normally, <laughs> procrastination goes down. The yeah, the you know what? Yeah, I I hate myself for that, but it is how it was made. So. Just have to roll with it at this point. <laughs> it is what you are. And hello, Seb. What was it like doing all of the podcast prep that I was too busy to do? Stressful, considering I only had about an hour to do so, considering I had a relatively <laughs> busy day. That is fair enough. So, uh, we're going to go through every member of the Arsenal squad um, that either featured this season or we think is notable. That currently um, has a contract, basically. Yes. So we're not going to be like going through like the whole under eighteens, under sixteens teams or anything stupid. We're going. We're talking first team players or players that are out on loan, pretty much. Um, we are going to talk about 
their season that they've had. We are going to then grade that system using a letter grading system that you may be familiar with if you ever went to school. And then we are going to decide whether we should keep, sell, or loan that player. We will spend probably more time on some players than others. We will have done more preparation on some players than others. We will have more opinions on some players than others. Do not ask me how Carl Jacob Heen has played. I do not know. But let's get straight into it with the goalkeepers. A man who is now going to have a child, Aaron Ramsdale. Alex, do you just want to quickly throw out your theory on the Arsenal <laughs> baby brigade? <laughs> okay, so... Okay, I don't know I was going to be made to put up this theory, but I've just noticed a lot of players, I think Fabio Vieira is another, I think there's one other, who have announced their pregnancies. Usually you do that about three months in, three months ago, Reese Nelson scored that winner for Born against Bournemouth. So I'm not saying too much, but that that's where my theory <laughs> kind of sits. <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's got legs, but at least at least one of the three babies will, will be have Reese's. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be Reese Nelson Ramsdale <laughs> coming through the Arsenal Academy in twenty forty three. Anyway, by God, How, what do we think of uh, Mister Ramsdale's season, Seb? Generally, just a very very good first choice keeper. I mean. He's essential to us considering how he plays with the ball. I mean, we incorporate him both going short and especially his long kicking uh, into our style a lot. The normal goalkeeping bits are, I wrote down there, he's, it's about average in traditional goalkeeper stuff. But as far as I know and from the sort of goalkeeping experts, of which I am not one, uh, they praise Ramsdale's stuff relatively often. So from everything I'm able to go off, we're perfectly stacked in that department. I mean, he just had some spectacular games. Spurs away, Liverpool away, Newcastle away. It's sort of indicative that all of those are away performances, considering he himself has said he performs better when people are saying mean stuff to him. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. Another theory I have about about Ramsdale. That's not even a theory. He said it himself. He <laughs> likes to be called very, very bad and words. And it checks. It checks out. We need. We need our fans to abuse him a lot more than they do. <laughs> then we'll have more clean sheets at home. We need those yeah. Twitter guys who hate him just behind the goal. <laughs> Finally, have some use for them. Um, yeah. So for me, I gave him a C plus B minus. Uh, we are doing the grading according to sort of our expectations for them or, you know, their ability, you know, so relative to the player itself rather than comparing it to the rest of the squad or in general to the league. Um, I think he had some bad moments. Um, so that's why I kind of gave him a C plus B minus because I know he can do better, but that's kind of where I stand. I'm not worried at all. I'm a big fan of Ramsdale. Um, he's a young keeper. He's what? Still 24. So it's perfectly normal. He just normal. turned 25. Just turned 25. So it's perfectly normal at that age. Um, also, maybe this is one of my like more casual opinions, but I really believe that he was like a Portuguese guy called Aron Ram Raimundo or something like that. He'd be a lot higher rated because he the quality that he does give us, it doesn't really matter if he's below par in shot stopping, which he has been in parts of the season. Um, 
He's also been really good shot stopper, as, as Seb pointed out. But it doesn't actually matter because he's so important to the way we play. Same as, as Edison at Man City. Um, I just, I saw today, I think it came out today that he's the, according to CIES, who, you know, how accurate they are is up for debate, but he's the most valuable keeper in the world at 79 million or something like that, which I'd obviously sell him at 79 million. Yeah. More, more so than Don and Roma, who's actually been a bit suspect himself, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think it like that just points to his value. Maybe I shouldn't put too much stock in CIS, but like he is. Well I mean, regarded. it does check out though, right? Like he's one of the youngest starting goalkeepers in Europe. Yeah, big contract just now, playing for a team very high up the table. That checks out value-wise. Like, so I mean, the we, we more did established say... <laughs> keepers are all thirty-eight plus. We did say we did say that we wouldn't sell him at all, which I think none of us are looking. Yeah. But if we got seventy-nine million, I think. I would yeah. sell it. Just quickly bring in Andre Onana. Easy, easy. <laughs> but other beyond that, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, no, Ramsdale's great. We're definitely not going to sell him at all. And he's a key part of part of the team um, as a character as well. Yeah. You've both hit the nail on the head, though. I don't think I have much to add, really. Uh, what would I grade Ramsdale's season? I'm going to go with a B. A B. I think that's fair. He's been good. Seb? I, I have a B as well, yeah. Okay, okay. And we all agree that we would keep Mr. Wamsdale because we'd be mad to sell him at this point. We need at least one person who consistently cups his ears at the away fence at every game. <laughs> it's important. It's important from a Vibes perspective. Also important from a Vibes perspective is Matt Turner. Our 28-year-old backup goalkeeper. Alex, what do you make of Mr. Matt Turner? The Yank, as some people call him. Matt Head Turner. Turner. Um, yes. I gave him a B-. minus. Uh, maybe even deserves a B. Uh, I thought he was pretty good. He was better than I expected. I think he improved on the ball over the season. Um... So maybe relative to expectations, it should even be an A. I think he's kind of what you ask for as a as a backup keeper. Not quite Ortega at City, but but yeah, pretty good. Um, I'm happy with him. I don't have too much to say. Um, yeah, I think he's good. I wouldn't sell him. I think he's he's right for us as our backup keeper next season as well. Yeah, I basically agree. Um, I've given him a C simply because I've just said he's sort of matched exactly the expectations I have for a backup goalkeeper. Um, his performances were a bit mixed, I think, like especially in terms of what he does with the ball at his feet. I was really impressed with him in the FA Cup game against City where he played, but then he sort of counteracted it that with the sporting game where yeah. his his kicking was a bit suspect. But overall, he seems to be like a really good guy and a good presence in the locker room and in the sort of team dynamics. I don't remember who said it, but someone said his Americanism sort of cracked the team up. When sort of in some game, he said, it's a dark fight out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So just vibes, relatively good performances. What more do you want from a backup keeper? Uh, And of course, my grading for... Matt Turner is Y for Yank. <laughs> Next up is Carl, Carl Hein or Carl Heen. 
Uh, Alex said before the podcast that he apparently it's pronounced Heen. I do not understand why, if it is. Uh, please explain to me. But we're going to be going with that because uh, I'm not one to tell Alex when he's wrong. Um, Scandinavian <laughs> pronunciation. I'm not, I'm, I'm not one. Let me rephrase that. I'm not one to say Alex is wrong when I have no information to the contrary. <laughs> to be fair, I also thought it was Hein, but the commentators always say Heen, and he is Estonian rather than German, so maybe, you know. I'll go with the commentators. I don't have a grade for him because he played yeah, one the game. The commentators and... on the one game he played. <laughs> oh no! Which well, was not even televised, by the way. It wasn't, but the academy games <laughs> is Carl Heen. Um, yeah. But yeah, the one and he messed up in that game, which was a bit sad. I remember I was getting really hyped. I like Carl Heen a lot. Um, I have kind of a soft spot for him because I actually think he's a good goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, we don't, I don't have a grade for him. In terms of keep Sol alone, I think that'll be interesting. He stayed with us this season, didn't do anything really beyond that one game, didn't get opportunities. So I think he kind of should be a loan... Should get a loan, it would be best for his development. Um, where, where would be a good place for him to go? Championship, maybe. Okay. I mean, Onkwanko just went to um, the Austrian Bundesliga and... For the second best team there and did really well. And I actually rate Heen a bit higher than Nkwonko from the matches I've watched. I know Nkwonko is higher rated, I think, within um within Arsenal. Um but I think I think he's on a similar, slightly better level, I'd say. Um so yeah, I think that would be good to see his his level where it's at. Um But yeah, but we also need a third keeper for next season. We probably do just just to be safe, I've heard that we're considering going for like some old Scott Carson-esque type of keeper, um, you know, for really emergency cases, um, which I would prefer than actually having Colleen sitting in third um, next season as well. So I'd say loan, looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we'll get on to Arthur Conquer in a minute, but he went on loan for the first half of the season to Crew Alexandra in League One, then we recalled him in January and loaded him out to Sturmgratz in the Austrian Bundesliga, uh, where he was, and he was the starting goalkeeper in both places and did, did very well, but we'll get on to him in just a second. Um, Heen, yeah, I agree we should loan him. Um, just based on the fact that Okonkwo didn't get a championship line. I'm not sure if Heen would get a championship line. Yeah, I was thinking after I said it as well, because Bazunu did really well in what, League One, and then that jump to the Premier League didn't do that well. I think maybe for younger keepers it's also better, especially within the English Football League, to go a little bit lower. So yeah, I'm not I'm not the best at judging where a goalkeeper should go next. I think young keepers make a lot of mistakes, as Carl Heen did this season. So I probably agree, maybe League One or Two. And I still think... They benefit a lot from the experience there in any case. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, Heen was already loaned out to the championship, right? He was at Reading, wasn't he? Yeah, but he, he only played five games, is the thing. So he was a yeah. backup championship goalkeeper. We want him to go somewhere and start. Yeah, that sort of puts a wrench in my theory. That was at age 19. He's not 21. Uh, ultimately, I think for a keeper, it doesn't really matter. You want to go somewhere starting a lot. Um... And I don't think League One level for a keeper is that bad compared to like Championship. You know what I mean? You're still facing shots. I'm not an expert here, but 
looking at the trends for lots of top goalkeepers, it seems to be their pathway in terms of the leagues that they play in isn't that important for their progression as much as for outfielders. Yeah, and like if he goes to League One and performs, like we've seen with the Conquo this season, you can then get another loan elsewhere in another non another non top five league and um slot straight in there and pick up minutes, whereas it might be difficult to convince say uh Sturmgratz to just take a lad who's only ever played five professional game six professional games before otherwise. Uh Seb do you, do you agree he should be loaned next season, or do you think we should keep him? So I had this theory where ultimately it depends on what the club do. Like, if they bring in a sort of Ben Foster, then obviously we loan all the younger goalkeepers. But I I had Heen down as the one that probably makes the most sense to keep on, because he did have a championship loan. I only now realize that he only played five games there. But he does... Start for Estonia, if I'm not mistaken. He does. So he does sort of get semi-regular game time while being developed by our own goalkeeper coach. So that sort of could work. But I think the preferable option would still be loaning him out and bringing in an older geezer with vibes into the group. Awesome. I know people find Ben Foster annoying, but I, I would have I would have loved the vibes. Him and Ramsdale get on well with. Really, Turner, Ramsdale, and and fucking Ben Foster. That's a trio of just the vlogs would have been fire. It's a top top gear trio for our generation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shall we move on to Nkwongo? Absolutely, we should. Um, as mentioned, he went on loan uh, first to Crew Alexandra, where he played twenty three times and conceded twenty seven goals. Then got recalled in January and went out to Sturmgratz in the Austrian Bundesliga, where he made 15 appearances, conceding 18. I said 18 very weirdly then. We're going to ignore it. Um, so, oh, it was League 2, not League 1. Apologies. Uh, so, that wasn't even a League 1 loan for Okonko, it was League 2. Um, Alex, we've talked about Okonko quite a bit already. Uh, do you have any opinions on what we should do with him next? So I think the decision actually comes down to keeping Heen or Kwonko. Um I actually think Heen's further along in his development. Last time I got a good look at both of them, I would sell on Kwonko. I think his stock is kind of highish after what sounded like a good loan. Um, and he only has one year left on his contract. So I think it doesn't really make sense to try extend him for me um, unless the club really sees something, which I don't, well, I doubt they do. I would, I would just sell him, maybe hopefully get a good sell on or buyback even but yeah i wouldn't mind letting him go for cheap and just letting him develop elsewhere agreed yeah fair enough um i'm i was i wasn't really thinking about selling him but then again i didn't realize that his contract expired in 2024 um i you know what you know what i'm gonna say keep him i'm gonna why say is keep that him. <laughs> did uh, you enjoy his performances for I, I think <laughs> uh, the, the, I haven't watched any of him, but Carl he- Carl Heen got the loan, got to stay last year, and Okonkwo went out on loan. Let's just, just give him a swap. Okonkwo can pick up the <laughs> EFL Cup garbage minutes. See how he does. Fair enough. If he <laughs> if he keeps a clean sheet, saves a penalty or something, he can get a year extension on his contract. Okay, moving on to our fifth and final goalkeeper. Five goalkeepers is a lot. I didn't realise we had five goalkeepers. Um, Alex Runarsson, 
Um, Seb, I'm going to come to you first because I haven't done that yet. Do you have any opinions on the 28-year-old who is currently on loan in the Turkish Super League and has a contract expiring next year? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. I have an opinion on him as so far as one game of his has been sort of unreparably scathed in my mind, which was him playing in the, I think it was the EFL Cup against Manchester City in the lockdown season, where he punched three balls into his own net. So, um, <laughs> so. Respectfully, I never want to see Alex Runarsson, Runarsson, or Alex Alex Runarsson. I can't even remember his name. I don't it's, want to it's see him Ru- at the club. It's Runar Alex Runarsson. So, I don't want to see him at Arsenal again. All the best for your future, but yeah. Inyaki Kanya is still under fraud watch for suggesting him. <laughs> well, he, he got a 69% save percentage at Alanya Sport, so that's pretty nice for him. They worked together at FC Nogeland, um, which, as someone who, who's watched a fair bit of FC Nogeland, put out a flappy goalkeeper after flappy goalkeeper, so I was not surprised to hear or read that Runasen wasn't a product of theirs. Moving on to defenders. Uh, our first defender on the list is Mr. Benny Blanco, Ben White himself. Obviously, this time last year, if you told me he was going to play right back, I'd be surprised. Not like shocked saying never, but surprised. Uh, and he has surpassed all the expectations in that role. I think this has been an A a plus, no, not A plus, an A season from Ben Wright, Ben White. Like, he's not only kept his starting role, he's done it in a new role, and um, has exceeded definitely my expectations in what he could be as a right back. So, that's an A from me. Um, Alex, what do you think? I gave him a B plus. Maybe I was being a bit harsh. I think I'm grading on a tougher scale than you guys are. Um, maybe he deserves an A minus or so. But yeah, agreed. I think he's. He's been great consistently over the season. He had a little bit of a dip at one point, um, but otherwise been very, very good. And adapted to the right-back role over the course of the season, looking more and more natural there. Um, It was interesting. It was, I can't even remember who it was, but someone suggested it in my um, mentions when I was trying to think who our right-back would be and how we would incorporate all of Saliba, Gabriel, and Ben White's him as right back and it, it really did stick then I was like that's actually a really good idea and it's actually turned out really well um, I think he suits us well I think he's had a great season um, and obviously keep I see that his contract's actually 2026 so we should probably look be looking to extend him next season as well he's one of the next guys up yeah I have been down as an as an A straight A um, I think he exceeded my expectations specifically for playing his role and for being one of the more crucial pieces in versatility for us. Like he started out the season playing more inside in the second line in the sort of two, three, five. Uh, as the more and more Zinchenko went in, we, he sort of went into the back three and sort of did that bit, uh, got more and more natural at also overlapping once we, had settled possession in the final third and even became a sort of out and out sixth man in the attacking line at in certain points. Uh, so just having that is just an incredibly useful thing to have someone who's that good at so many different roles. Um, 
I can see him playing central uh, center back more next season, especially if we don't bring someone in and sort of focus on bringing in a right back more, uh, which is probably easier to do. I'm not sure on that. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> amazing season from, from Ben White, especially considering the sheer availability he has. Yeah, I actually wanted to, to touch onto that. Since we are looking ahead to next season, where would you guys want him? Would you guys want him as our first choice right back again? Or moving back centrally? I'm kind of leaning towards wanting to keep him at right back, but I also like the idea... I like the Fresnader links from people that I trust really rate them highly. Um, friends of the pod, Loken and um, Shu, who have both been on, both really like the player. Um, and also, I missed how penetrative Ben White is from central areas. Like, he really is more penetrative centrally, or it's more valuable what he can do there than when he was playing out further to the right. So... I'm like slightly into mine, still leaning more to him being a right back, at least nominally so. Um, and I guess the last thing I would say is also because I do want us to get a center back because I want that sweeper profile back up to Saliba, which we're still missing. And if we don't get that, then we could be in the same situation if Saliba's injured again next season where our defense lacks that profile and is more vulnerable because of it. I think even if we get Fresnader, I want Ben White to be our starting right back next season. Yeah. Um, partly because I think he's been really good there, and I think there's no real need to disrupt the Saliba Gabriel pairing unless we have to. And it would be frankly harsh of Ben White to demote him to third choice centre back after the season he's had. I think he's been good enough at right back to keep his spot. Um, I also think that if we bring in Fresnader, unless this kid is absolutely world-beating, he's not going to be taking that first-choice right-back spot straight away, is he? Like he Maybe Ben White doesn't make 38 appearances in the Premier League next season. Maybe we are afforded the opportunity to rotate him a little bit more, uh, and I think that would be a good thing. If, if I can just... I wasn't actually thinking Fresnader as our... Maybe I phrased it wrong. I wasn't thinking Fresnader as like the new right back, nor Tommy Osu. I think by all accounts, Ben White would be our main right back there. I think I phrased it wrong because I'm more thinking whether we get a new right back or we get a new centre back because it sounds like we're only getting one defender and it makes sense depending on who leaves. And obviously that that kind of impacts how much Ben White pays out rights versus as the third choice centre back. So more my question there, Tiles, is would you prefer Fresnader maybe within Ben White becoming like our third choice right back while still being our first um third choice centre back while still being our first choice right back? Or would you prefer to get a centre back that is like a profile backup um to Saliba over Fresnader? Who does sound like he could maybe offer the next step of the evolution of what we might want outright, which I'm not sure that Ateta necessarily sees Ben White as the long-term option there? That's a tough question, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I think we gain more in terms of overall versatility, which is what this squad needs. It's like people being able to play in different roles and switching around there. I think it would make more sense for us to go after Fresneda than another centre-back because then we have that 
bit sorted, even though we don't have the exact same stylistic uh, analog to Saliba. But with Ben White, we are more than covered there if Saliba misses uh, more time. I feel like there's an opportunity cost kind of perspective to this as well, because it, if you just, just from the, the perspective of getting Fresneda, because we've been in after this kid for six months, right? Like, if we keep nearly buying him and then not, surely eventually someone else is going to come in and get him if he's this good. And his release clause just halved through relegation. Oh, nice. Uh, so I, I think we should bring in Fresneda. Obviously, both would be nice. Fresneda and the new centre-back would be nice. But as you mentioned, Alex, probably not realistic for one transfer window. Because also yeah. in that situation, you're just bumping out Tomiyasu out of the rotation, basically, because you're going to have th- four centre-backs who can play there, plus two right-backs, plus Tomiyasu. Galaxy brain moment, Tommy Asu is the covering centre-back? Or covering left-back. Yeah. Depending between him and Kivio. I mean, it's, inter- it's interesting that we'll get to him. We're, we're probably, we are losing Tierney, but we're not looking yeah. to replace the left-back. That hasn't been in any of the things. The first can also play left-back, um, my understanding. But yeah, it is an interesting opportunity cost, as you were saying, Tiles, it's, it's and Seb. Between getting Fresnado, who offers, from the sounds of it, again, I haven't watched him at all but offers new sort of ways of evolving the side, plus increases our flexibility even across the back um, versus having a profile that really is a suitable backup to Saliba, which I feel that we really do need. Um, I'm not sure how much Arteta seems to. Uh, while we're on this topic, um, the only like real sent-back links I've seen, at least, have been to Tapsoba. Is Tapsoba this kind of centre-back that you're on about, Alex? Or is he a different profile? I think Tapsoba could probably do a better sweeping role than the centre-backs that we have, but my theory on him... And we've been linked to Tapsoba, Guihi, and that guy from oh, Croatia. Oh, I, I forgot Guihi. With all of those options, what stands out about them is that they're actually all right-footers. I'm actually not sure about the Croatian guy, but equally also playing... Right-foot. Yeah, equally comfortable playing both on at the left centre half and right centre half, which is quite um, interesting to me. I think that obviously adds some flexibility, but also in terms of how we build out, I think that can be quite relevant. So I think more so than sweeping, Arteta is probably looking for a centre half that can play on both sides and is good at passing out the back. Which I'm not so sure about Guihi. I know. Tapsoba because I used to Tapsoba's watch. Tapsoba's basically the best of the three in terms no, of No, yeah. By he, far. Uh, he is. And apparently apparently the Croatian players. Who is he against? Sotalo? Apparently he's yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, Sotalo. Okay. Um, yeah, we should have get Kieran on for that pod. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, speaking of unique centre-back profiles, is the man that we were speaking of potentially needing a backup for, William Saliba. Obviously, his first season in the Arsenal first team after a couple loans out, and his contract expires next year in 2024. We are trying to tie him down. Rumours are it's hard. Uh, Is either of you going to come in with a hot take and say we should sell him? Neither of you are coming in with a hot take. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. I think he's he's very important to, to tie down. I'm a bit annoyed... 
I think obviously there's been a lot of like apologism for how we've handled the situation and the Marseille loan was good. I think we've been lucky with Saliba overall. Um, and I do think we're going to have to pay for our bad management with giving him a really good contract that he does deserve. Because in my opinion, he's at least top three centre back in the, in the league. I think he's fantastic. Um, I gave him an A minus for the season. Um, but again, I also said he is our third best player for the season. I guess it's also relative to my expectations. He had a bad patch um, post-World Cup. Not even that consistently bad. I think it was overplayed a bit. But he did struggle in certain games. He still needs to get better at, at handling big centre-forwards um, who kind of relish body-to-body deals. That's where he struggles a bit. Um, but that'll come... He's, what, 22? Um, yeah. So I gave him an A minus. I think if we're going, if I'm going more to your guys' grading, it would be an A or even A plus. Um, yeah, absolutely don't sell. Obviously, don't loan. Um, so yeah, he's a he's a must keep. He's top of the agenda for me. I think we should send him back to Marseille. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I have given him an A plus. Um, so peek behind the curtain. Alex has prepped his grades. I'm doing it purely on vibes as we go through. Um, so I'm giving Saliba an A plus based on the fact that I gave Ben White an A and I think Saliba was best has been better than Ben White, hence A plus. Uh, <laughs> Seb, I have Saliba down as an A plus, and I think we should pay him according to the other best centre backs in the league, and that's basically the money he's asking for. So that's our priority. Just get that contract sorted as soon as possible, make it as long as possible, keep him here. He's the bedrock on which we build. He's transformed this team both in and out of possession and uh, will be one of, if not the best central defenders in the world. Give him the bag, you stingy bastards. Moving on to Saliba's defensive partner this season, at least when we've had both of them fit. And this man has been fit the vast majority of the season. It's Gabriel, who has played the most minutes of any outfielder in the Premier League. He's made the most appearances of any player in the squad, we think. Um, He's got a contract until 2077, 25 years old. I don't see any reason why we should do anything other than keep him. On earlier podcasts... um, I remember talking about how we had, like, some worries about him. I think all of those worries have been put to bed. Like, he has shown himself to be a very, very capable centre-back. Seb, what have you made of Gabriel's season? Considering the grades are off of our expectation of the player coming into the season, I gave Gabriel an A-. minus. I was one of those who had doubts about him, especially considering his sort of defensive defensive decision-making, being a bit rash and doing stupid shit sometimes. Um, But how much he improved post-World Cup is staggering, and I think he's probably one of the best pure defenders we have in the league. And if the capology thing I just read is true and we have him down on a four-year deal on 50k a week, we keep him and we count ourselves lucky. Yeah, I gave him an A- minus as well um, going in. I wouldn't say that my um, my doubts about him have gone at all, to be honest, um, from the doubts that we had earlier in the season because it's still about him on the ball. 
and I'm always going to have those doubts. I think he deservedly finally got like his flowers this season and he has been better on the ball, but what he's got better at on the ball is actually dropping a little bit deeper, giving himself more space when he receives. Um, I think this is a consequence of getting, well, a product of becoming more used to the pace of the league, whereas in France, the pressing isn't quite as intense, so he could receive a little bit earlier or closer to to his opponents. Um, all of those sort of things, but I still think he's a little bit limited with his angles and his fluidity and his passes. Yeah. He's got certain passes, like the ones down the channel, that are amazing, and he's one of the best in the league at them uh, from, from centre-half, but... Yes, those doubts haven't been allayed. I never really had those doubts about him in terms of his defensive decision-making, but that's, I think, because I watched him a lot at Lille. And also, when he first came to the Premier League, remember, he started off with pretty good form and good decision-making before, I think, starting to struggle a little bit more. So I always felt it was there. Um, but yeah, I think he's he surpassed my expectations for him this season. Um, he's an obvious keep. I think looking long-term... I've I've pretty much always my take on him has been that he is capable of playing in a title winning side where he's the second best center center back. I don't think he's ever going to be the best center back in a title winning side. Um and I think that's true. I think Saliba can be that best center back. They complement each other well. So he's an easy keep um and he's also a huge part of the dressing room. He seems he seems right with Arteta's mentality really you can see him holding other players accountable keeping the the intensity up so I think yeah great season from him I'm really happy one last thing is his goal threat is actually really underrated he's someone who can get you eight goals a season from centre-back which is massive um I, I don't think any centre-back has scored more goals in him than him over the last two seasons in the Premier League so Great player, underrated, maybe a little bit overrated now, but I think it kind of balances out. Gabriel is the linchpin of our backline, in my mind. Uh, like, we've got Saliba, Zinchenko, and Ben White around him, who are all arguably more talented players. Like, you could... I, I, It's very arguable that Gabriel is the worst member of our backline, but I think he is the linchpin of that backline with his... I agree. In, in Which every good team has. Every yes. great team has a player who just loves defending. Like yeah. Bayern have Matthias de Ligt. Manchester City have Ruben Dias. Fucking Real Madrid have uh, Eda Militon. Barcelona have Ronald Araujo, who's just not good on the ball, but just defends everything. Like, every team has that. Every good team. And ours is Gabriel, and we love him a lot. Speaking of loving him a lot, Alexander Zinchenko is our next player on the list. So, Alex, what have you made of him? I gave him a B minus. Um, I think he was fantastic. Um, he matched my expectations or even surpassed them. Um, I think my favorite thing about him is we could really see what Arteta was doing tactically. So that made following him and particularly in the first half of the season, really exciting. And I think he was great, particularly right after the World Cup. I think he was kind of in A category at that point and then dropped maybe down to B plus, B minus. I think he ended the season a bit weakly. Um, I'm also obviously a little bit more harsh than Seb and, and you, Towels. Um, but yeah, B minus is still a good score. I kind of feel like that's right for him because uh, I think he can do better next season. 
He can be a bit more consistent. I had some frustrations um, because he's probably maybe the most technically secure player we have, and then he can still be a bit sloppy at times. Those are things I want him to cut out, I think. He can get also a little bit too emotional in defensive phases where then, like, he makes the wrong decision, even though you can kind of see that he knows he's making the wrong decision when he makes it because he's he kind of loses patience. So these are things I want him to to sort out, but at the same time, there's been lots of things that impressed me. Um, I only noticed, like, you know, at some point in the season, like, just how good he is airily. I think other teams also only really noticed at that point because they were always targeting him and he was actually winning the whole time until they moved to Saliba about halfway through the season. So, so yeah, lots of good things. Um, I'm looking forward to his role next season. Uh, yeah. Right, like I, as Alex Towers already mentioned, I did the prep for this thing and went over his FB ref page and was taken aback by him being in the 93rd percentile of all fullbacks in terms of aerials one per 90. Nice. Like, that's just crazy. He's a good player, is Arzini. Um I've given him a B uh, in the continuing the theme of being... Slightly less harsh than Alex Collins. <laughs> uh, it's the same rating as Ramsdale, because I think, same with Ramsdale, he's had a very good season with a couple of... Mm, a couple of slip-ups every now and, and now and again. Like, he's been burned defensively a couple times. He'd been, he, he got megged by whoever it was to concede Trent. a goal that one time. That was sad. Uh, so, yeah, that's that. Uh, for the record, my grading on Gabriel is just a straight A. I don't think I said that earlier. I gave uh, Zinni a B. Um, I think just genuinely he's like the best inverted fullback profile in Europe, apart from like Rico Lewis, but he's only 18. Um, I do have a small issue, and Alex has already mentioned it. Like, I don't think we have a player who sort of embodies the game state we're in as much as uh, Zinchenko, which is good in some instances, especially when we're just really controlling the game and he's our tempo setter. But especially in losing game states, he tends to lose his patience and start sort of wanting to force the issue, which sometimes can be good, like in the Manchester United game where he was excellent, but sometimes can be really, really difficult because we're just going into turnovers, like in the Southampton game. Um, there's this whole thing about emotional volatility with him, which st there's some merit to it, but I don't think it's a general issue, especially considering he's one of our biggest word leaders in the group, um, an incredibly reflective guy from all accounts and really intelligent and probably one of the most sort of driving forces behind actually believing in the title race. Um, I think it there's merit in having him sort of rotate with other players next season, depending on the game we're playing, but it's a general thing um, for next season. Uh, but yeah, an obvious keep. Next up is Kieran Tierney. The 26-year-old uh, does appear to be leaving the club. There's very, very strong links um, from him to Newcastle. Seb, are you particularly upset by that? It's interesting because I had him as a, I would personally keep him around pick, essentially just because he offers us something we don't have otherwise. He's really good at 1v1 defending, um, has really good ball striking, and is just really athletic. Um, 
and an overlapping option, which we just don't have otherwise. I, But I'm fine with dispersing of him and sort of going with the dynamics we currently have. Um, it does sort of necessitate us strengthening the backline with additions, but it appears we're doing that. Um, I have him as a C. He's just sort of done what we expected him to do, considering we got Zinchenko. Um, and But I do think he'll do great things at Newcastle. He fits their style extremely well for the 2,500 minutes he'll play. Yeah, agreed. I actually gave him a B-, because um, I think he did pretty well in a role that's maybe not that familiar. Um, yeah, maybe maybe a C+. Plus. I think he's slightly below um, Zinchenko from the season. I think maybe we do C+. forget he played quite a bit at the start of the season and was quite good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, ultimately, though, um, yeah, I agree. I, I would sell him. I, I love Tierney, but I don't really see a future going forward. I understand that it's nice to have that very different option, but... I think we can do that in other ways going forward. Also with him, it sounds like we're going to get a, probably a decent fee, 30 to 35 million, which is fair. Um, and my issue with Tierney is that he's a great player, but when he gets injured, so first of all, there's the injuries, but then when he comes back from injury, he takes a very long time to get back into full flow. And for a player that, you know, imagine he gets injured, then he comes back and kind of has to just fit in the odd game as your backup. That's not ideal. You his best form comes when he actually plays a couple games in a row and shakes off the rustiness. So it's not a really good fit for us and he's not really realistically a starting option. I would never see, despite how good his form would be, him being a starter for us next season. I don't think he has that technicality in, in the more central spaces that we want with that flexibility, even if he offers a great option out wide um, in certain game states. So yeah, I'm 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 a happy sell. I also like the move for him. Newcastle's a passionate club that will love him as a player. Um, it's going to be closer to home. Something that stood out in the Arsenal documentary, um, the All or Nothing, was that he really does miss being close to Scotland and that sort of more cultural feel. So I think it's a good move for him as a player, and it's a club on the up. I think he's a Champions League level player, so hopefully he'll be playing Champions League for them next season. So I've actually given Tierney a C, not because I think he's been like particularly bad, but because he's played pretty perfectly to expectations for me. I expected him to be a good backup option. He was a good backup option. Wahey. Next up, Takahiro Tomiyasu, uh, the player who's probably seen the most of the injury table um, this season, only made 651 minutes in the Premier League. Uh, but he is only 24, and he's got um contract until 2025 with the option of an extra year. Alex, Tomiyasu's versatility is something that we've really enjoyed over the last year, but the injury issues are something new. How do you rate his season overall? Uh, I gave him a C-, minus. to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed with Tomiyasu this season. Uh, more reflective of how I rate him as a player than, than him being particularly bad, but it was a good season. And I think he, he was a little bit below his, hit the standard that he set the season before. So, so yeah, that's where I sit with him. Um, not that I'd want to sell him or anything like that. I don't think that would even be really an option. It sounds like he's going to be injured into the new season, which is not ideal for him. But, but yeah, I'd want to keep him in any case. 
Um, his high point of the season was that game versus Salah in the first Liverpool game at left back. I can see us using him at left back a fair bit, considering we're not going after a left back. I can see Kivio, um, Zinchenko, and then Tommy Asu being options there. I also think he can play centre back um, in certain in certain games and certain systems. So yeah, he's a definite keep for me, and we'll kind of see how next season goes, and that'll determine whether we sell or not. I'm also going with a C minus, as you said. He had that one real high point of that game against Liverpool where he just locked down uh, locked down Salah for 90 minutes and everyone was like, wow, Tommy Asu was amazing. Even Arteta, who then went on to play him ahead of Zinchenko for the next few games when he probably shouldn't have done. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah, like a below par season, hampered by injury with one or two real high point performances. So that evens out to a C minus for me. Uh Seb, what what do you make of him? I mean he only ever had four starts this season in the Premier League, two of which were good, which was Liverpool and Nottingham Forest, both at left back. Two of which were not so good, which was Leeds and that Manchester City game where he did that. Um but yeah, I gave him a C as well and a keep, although the injury stuff is starting to worry me a bit, if I'm honest. Um but his profile just as a squad player with A, being just a really good lockdown defender and B, uh, positional versatility uh, is valuable enough to keep him around. I've sort of given up on the idea of him as a central defender considering we're two seasons in and we have not even seen the inkling of it in Arteta's mind. So Yeah, fair enough. But just as a both two-sided fullback who's also in the pedal is valuable enough keep them around. Alex? Yeah, to be fair, I take Seb's point with regard to him at centre-back, although I still think he could play there. Um, but yeah, the, the last thing I want to say is that as a profile, with like how the, the meta is changing with regards to to fullbacks at the moment, I think he is someone who's crazy good in duels. He's a big threat. He's a physical player. I think that he can be really useful from that point of view as well. Um, and that as a profile that offers a lot of value to us. So, so yeah, uh, I think he's definitely worth keeping for next season. Hopefully, hopefully he has the, the season that he had in his debut season for us. Next up on the list is a player we've already mentioned a couple times. Jakub Kivior, the 23-year-old, came in in January and has a big old contract until 2028. And he made eight appearances in all competitions, one in the Europa League and seven in the Premier League, picking up that one goal on the last day of the season. Alex, I hear you have some interesting ideas over the role Kivior could play next season. Well, yeah, first of all, um, I'm a big fan of Kivior, to be honest. I'm quite excited about him going into next season. I gave him a B. I found it a bit hard to judge the players that joined halfway through the season. Um, but I feel like B, he was better than I thought he would be um, upon joining. But yeah, had some struggles, but also seemed more and more comfortable as as um, time went on. My my hot take that you're referring to is that I can kind of see him being our first choice left back by the end of next season. I think he's very comfortable in possession. He's deceptively quick. Um... Obviously, he doesn't offer that like overlapping threat, but he's comfortable receiving in high and wide areas, which is something that I wasn't 
anticipating for a player that was coming as a centre-back who'd played defensive midfielder, but he's actually quite comfortable in those wide spaces. Um, yeah, I mean, it really depends on how our tactics shape up next season, which is maybe something we'll handle next pod. But, but yeah, I could, I could conceive of him taking um, Zinchenko's place, which is more just how excited I am by QVO's profile than, than anything else. Yeah, he's an obvious keep. Um, but yeah, excited for next season. I don't know how much I see him being, like, the first choice by this time next season. Like, I, I think there's definitely a world in which he's a, he's an established first-team player at left-back. But I think that world is quite reliant on us having an at least Zinchenko-level player in the Zinchenko role coming from right-back. Like, I think it would be really nice to have a system where we could play Ben Ben White on the right and Zinchenko on the left, or Kivio on the left and then someone else on the right. But I don't think Partey is going to be that player, to be honest, which is what we've seen in the last few games of this season. I Um, do agree with you on that. Yeah, it's a hot take for a reason, but I agree. It wouldn't be be a flat four um, across the back. Like, well, at least I don't anticipate it at this point. But in yeah. theory, it could be a flat four across the back, but then you need, like, you need then to have, the, like, so like the closest analogy I could see to that would be City's current system, where they've got four centre backs across the back, and then you've got one of those two central centre backs stepping up into midfield, John Stones, and the most likely person I see in our system to be able to do that is Ben White, and I don't think he'd be able to do that. <laughs> like, of the four, he's the most likely, and I think he'd be bad at it. So I don't see that working I've seen Ben White form. play in, center, in midfield for Leeds. No, I don't <laughs> want to see it. Well, to be fair, he's a very different player now than he was at Leeds, but no, agreed. Um, Kivio in terms of this season I'm going to give him a C which feels harsh but again I'm going on the fact that he's been exactly what I thought he'd be which is a capable backup Uh, I think we could be going into next season and seeing some stuff that's a bit more surprising Um, but for me I I think I was expecting him to come in and be a backup centre-back he's come in and be a backup centre-back and he's been good at it so see. Seb? I mean, he's an obvious keep. I gave him a B plus, less for him specifically, but more for the frustration I had with not integrating him sooner, especially <laughs> after the Saliba injury. Um, I agree with Alex's theory on him as a left-back cover. I actually wrote in my notes that, which I did a few weeks back, that he's an interesting option for part-time left-back cover. But I do still see... Zinchenko playing the majority of minutes at left back next season or nominal left back. I mean, uh, just considering we don't have, I can't see him playing with Ben White and we don't currently have an option that would theoretically play the amount of minutes that would mean that Kivio plays the amount of minutes at left back that would uh, supersede uh, Zinchenko. What he does do is just elevate the technical flow of the team massively, considering he's a backup for two positions where we did not have one before. And when we did have some, they were just far less technically secure as Kivio is. 
Speaking of centre-backs who are far less technically secure than Kivior is, our next player is Rob Holding. <laughs> He's 27, his contract expires next year. So, with Saliba's injury, Rob Holding came into the side, and we all talked about how his being in the side was a problem for a variety of reasons, none of which really are his fault directly. Like, he didn't suck, he played to par, but to par is not good enough for the final 10 games of a season where you're being chased and then trying to chase down Manchester City. The conversation point here isn't so much Rob Holding's season, it's do we sell him? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty much. Love Rob. Love Rob. I think he's an important part of the the squad, definitely as a character. I remember Seb sent me a, a video about people speaking about him being the glue in the dressing room, and I fully believe that. But I also think we've moved so far past him. I still think people are... I, I know there's been this whole debate about some people overplaying Rob Holding's role in us starting to suck. And I think maybe to, like there is there are some people who overplay it. I'm one of the ones who think it's quite a big reason, and I, I stand by it. I think he's just not good enough for us anymore, especially with the way that we want to play out and and our, how high we want to play our line. None of these things... He's just not quick enough in terms of thinking to, to manage it. He's not good enough on the ball under tight um, spaces. So, so, yeah, I think it's a good time to part. He's in the last year of his contract now. We obviously shouldn't be extending him. Um, so, yeah, it's time to part ways. I gave him a C- minus um, because, yeah, I mean, yeah, it feels harsh. I didn't expect him to be good. He wasn't that good. <laughs> but, yeah. Fair. Um, I, I was listening to, and don't hate me for this, I was listening to Spurs podcast The Extra Inch the other day, and... Um, Nathan from there said that uh, elite sides shouldn't be letting any player get into their final year of their contract. Either extend them with a year to go or sell them with a year to go so you have one, control over where they go and two, can get money from them. And I agree completely. We should be trying to sell Rob Holding. Seb, do you have anything to add? Not necessarily. I mean, like, culture guys are important and him being a good culture guy has sort of masked over some of his deficiencies for a while. But he was a valuable squad member when we were not very good. He was a valuable squad member when we were fighting for top four. He's not necessarily a good squad member when we're fighting for the title, especially considering he, his profile just doesn't match up with what we want to do. So it's best for all parties, considering he probably wants to play football and we just can't offer him that. So it's just a mutual all sides, shake hands and leave. Seb, what was your grade for holding? Again, considering we're doing this with expectation versus what happened, uh, I expected him to have very, very limited minutes in the Premier League. He ended up having to start some really, really crucial games, which is why I had to grade him a C. But I take no pleasure in it. Fair enough. So we had five defenders who we are taking as notable that were loaned out of the club this season. Uh, those are Cedric, Nuno Tavares, Pablo Mari, Austin Trusty, and Brooke Norton Cuffey. 
Of, of those five, uh, we know Pablo Mari is definitely leaving. Uh, the clause in his contract with Monza has been triggered after they survived relegation, so he's out the door. We know that he's going. Um, Cedric and Austin Trusty also have quite strong rumours about them leaving this summer. Is Cedric out of contract? He has one more year and he said he's not going anywhere. Oh, is he is he staying? He basically said he enjoys London life, he enjoys the 100k a week we pay him. Respect. Fair play. Respect. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Does anyone think we should keep Cedric, even though if he wants to? I don't think we should, but I don't think we're able to shift him, considering he holds the leverage in the situation, and no other club will be willing to match Personally, the wages we're paying him. Personally, I think he's too loyal to leave us <laughs> in our time of need, so... <laughs> So I think we should absolutely keep Cedric as our new hero of the team. Yeah, we'll give him Champions League minutes. There we are. You can play in the Champions League. Enjoy that. Um, Cedric will start the Champions League final in 2024. <laughs> I'm almost certain. So this leaves Nuno Tavares and Brooke Norton Cuffey, two young wingbacks we had out on loan last season. Uh, Norton Cuffey in the Championship with two separate sides. Rotherham in the first half of the season, then Coventry in the second half. And Nuno Tavares spent the season in France with Marseille. Uh, let's touch on Tavares first. Alex, you watch Ligon a lot. Has he been good? Should we keep him? What What's the plan? Uh, the thing with Nuno, I think he's had a successful season at, at Marseille. But I just don't think he fits into this team. The reason why is he's still not safety. Actually, Marseille's moved him after the first few games of the season, moved him further, like, as far forward as they could to receive. Because he's really dangerous far forward. He's 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 a dangerous player. I could actually see him in certain systems playing more as an attacker going forward. But still deep, he's not secure enough in terms of actually scanning. And his first touch can let him down at times. And when you put those two together, you get the sort of things that happened... Um, against Liverpool in that, what was it, 4-0, 4-1 that we lost, um, where he just really struggles under the pressure. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a player that really has a future here, to be honest. Um, but he does have immense, like, physical tools. He's got really good technique in certain aspects, um, in certain respects. So I think he's a player that can be a success elsewhere, but I would want to move him on. And I also want to say for Brooke Norton Coffee, a player I like, I kind of feel similarly. He's also too loose on the ball. Um, for, I think for Arteta's liking. Also has some really good technical aspects. Really good dueler. Um, and really good 1v1 going forward as well. So I think there's a lot that both him and Nuno would add. Um, Tavash, by the way. But... But ultimately, I don't think either of them are really Arteta players, so I would move both of them on. Yeah, I agree. And for me, the crux of it is that I feel like both of these players aren't aren't fullbacks; they're wingbacks. Norton Cuffey has at both sides he played at played on the right of a back five as a right wingback, uh, and he's been really, really good there at Championship level. I think he's got he, he's got a decent future ahead of him either in the top half of the championship or the bottom half of the premier league as a as a right wing back not as a right back 
Um, he could, I mean, he could play right back. I just don't think it would be as good for him. Uh, Tavares, similar, sim, or Tavares, uh, uh, similarly, um, I don't have much more to add. He's very attacking, very good when attacking, less good when defending. We knew all these things this time last year. Um, I think sell Tavares, maybe give Brook Norton Coffee another loan, see if he can hack it in the Premier League before selling him. Um, but, if he wants to go, let him go. Seb, what do you think? I completely agree. Like from a club perspective, we should give Brooknot and Coffee another loan, preferably one where he stays the entire season at a club, uh, and a relatively good club, so we can just basically boost his value. I don't actually see him ever playing for Arsenal, if I'm honest. Uh Although that might change considering we're going after Sasha Bowie from Galatasaray. Who's a similar profile, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I haven't watched so, Bowie like, Why since... are you paying 20 million for... Anyway. It's interesting, because that's very different to Fresnida. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not sure why we're going after Bowie. Maybe he's different now from from the player that I, I watched back From all accounts, he's the same. Yeah. Um. But anyway, but like with Nuno Tavares, his value is at a point where we're actually going to make quite a bit of profit on him. So, yeah, so he's just not a fullback that will ever play for Arsenal in the current setup. The other thing about Tavares is also he still has training, issues with his training that were apparently at Marseille, as same as we kind of heard whispers at Arsenal. So I think that's another thing that doesn't really fly with Arteta. So I think we need to move him on. I do want to pose one guy, and Austin Trusty, I think, it sounds like he's leaving. Congrats on being player of the season at Birmingham. Yep. Um, awesome trusty the would, process. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's the sole reason we bought him, to trusty the process. <laughs> but I actually wanted to throw a name in there. I know he's not technically a first-teamer, but Royal, Royal Walters. Ah, uh, yes, um, sorry. He's someone, yeah, I'm wondering, do we fit him into the squad next season? Do we put him out on loan? Where do you guys kind of stand on this? I... He's one of those players that I really do feel like we can integrate in, but also if we're not going to integrate, I'd rather send him out to a championship loan. I think you guys know that I rate him quite highly. Um, yeah. I think I think with the depth we have at right back, considering with Ben White, Tommy and probably bringing in another one. Fresnada. Uh, yeah, Fresnada, basically. I don't think there's enough minutes left for it to make sense from a developmental point of view to keep him around. I think this Sad. is the moment where we loan him and maybe integrate him in next year. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, and this is an entirely vibes-based opinion with no evidence supporting it whatsoever, but I feel like defence is probably the hardest of the outfield positions to blood in a youngster without there being like a major injury or something that forces them to get minutes like you're always naturally going to trust like the older more experienced guys like William Saliba didn't get what was loaned out for game time because we weren't didn't trust him enough to give him the minutes and look at the player he is. I think it's fair to say that eighteen-year-old Raw Walters is not currently that player. So but I, I think was wrong for not playing Saliba, in yeah. my opinion. In my opinion, so I, uh, I, I think I can. I think the most likely thing is that Raw Walters won't play next season. But I guess since we're discussing what could or should happen, um, yeah, I mean, just basically judging from what 
suits his development best. I think yeah. just no, regular game fair. time is at, at this point in his career is the most important thing. It's just the hell in fan in me is this is the one of the yeah. things where I'm not like totally wanting Fresneda because I feel like it shuts off a path to Walters, but yeah, that is that is the um that is the fan in me. I think probably a, a season out on loan would be good. He can also play at centre back. Um but yeah, I think right back is where he would definitely come through and probably can see his career being. I mean, we, from the things we hear, Ateta likes him enough to, to sort of not close off his future entirely to him. I also know that um, within the academy, he, he's... And the pathway, sort of, people in charge of the pathway are big fans of him. So, so there are good signs there. With that, let's wrap the discussion on the defenders and have a bit of a break before we get into the midfielders and then the attackers, but midfielders first. Thank you for listening to part one of our squad review. Part two will be out on Monday, 12th of June, so stay tuned for that. Or, if you're listening after the 12th, just go and put it on already. I've been Alex Towles, and you can find me on Twitter at Alex Towles. My co-hosts were Alex and Seb. You can find them on Twitter at AlexFRCO and at Eulenberg underscore, respectively. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at PotShotPod. You can find all of these links in the description to the podcast. Down there, you will also find a link to our friends at Scouted. If you've got the means to support independent sports journalism, please do check out their crowdfunding campaign. Our music is made by the wonderful James Blake, and you can find him on all good music platforms at JWBlake. Hope you've enjoyed the show, and we'll see you soon for part two. Cheers.